Hey there, future fans. This week, we hide from the Nazis, a sword gets pulled from a stone, and every time we try and get out, they pull us right back in. It's the week of January 25th, 2019, and this is episode 118 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show this one may may be on time this week i don't know as of recording this i hope it's going to be on time i'll tell you something though it's not going to be as late as last week because this week uh, i'm actually planning so yay for that as you can hear i am alone no this is not the week we test out a co-host and you know what i'll tell you something even if it works really well it probably won't be something that will happen every week but i'll tell you what if it does work and y'all like it then i will i will try my hardest but hey you've put up with me alone for this long so it, it can't be that bad right right well let's get the housekeeping out of the way before we jump into the show so what is this show in case you're new, let me tell you, this is Future Flicks with Billiam. On this show, I go over every movie that's coming out during the week, but before we get to the movies, we do a few things. First, we go into the news. That's any new news that has caught my eye since the last episode. That doesn't mean it's all the news there is to know about the movies. It's just the stories I wanted to talk about. And if ever I miss a story you think is worth talking about, just let me know. I'll tell you how to contact me a little later. And then we go into the trailer trove where I talk about all the new trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. Just like the news, I will miss some. If I miss something you think I should talk about, let me know. After that, we go into the movies, which are broken up into two segments. First, the limited releases, which are movies that get limited releases. I know, that's crazy, right? Who, who knew something like that would happen, that it would be so aptly named? And they're not just limited releases, they're also movies that I didn't think were interesting enough to warrant talking about. So in this segment, I go over just the synopsis and the cast. Sometimes I'll talk a little bit about it, but not much. Then we go into the wide releases, in which case we will talk about the premise and who's in it, and then I will give a talk about it, give my thoughts, and then I'll wrap that all up with the score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score, which can go anywhere from a zero for those terrible, terrible movies to an 11 for those movies that turn it up that extra notch. How many 11s do I give out? Well, just ask the other listeners because they keep better track than I do, which is sad and true. But thank you, you know, for, for paying better attention than I do to my own show. I, I do appreciate that. So how do you listen to the show and then how do you contact me? Let us answer those two questions. First, how do you listen to the show? You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app. If you can ever not find us on your preferred podcast app, let me know and I will try and take care of that. You can also find the show on the Somewhat Nerdy website, that is somewhatnerdy.com, and I will post a link to the Somewhat Nerdy website and the exact post on our Facebook page, so make sure to find us on Facebook. There, is that a little louder? That seems a little louder. 
I had my cats walking on my desk, so it uh they, they messed with my knobs a little bit, which it sounds funny if you're from Britain. I had started the show and I was like, why can't I hear anything? Why is the mic not working? What's going on? Oh, everything's f***ed up. Good. I'm, I'm glad. Well, let's talk about how you reach me in case you want to answer the question of the week, or if you want to tell me, hey, you missed something, please talk about this. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy website, which I have been much better about checking. I have indeed learned my lesson. You can also leave a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page. Uh, if you do, please do it actually when I post about the episodes, because that's how I find it. So yeah, that's how you get in contact with me. So let us step into our first segment, which as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Well, last week I told you about the Ghostbusters 3 teaser that hit, and most of us, from what I can tell, were happy with it, except for one person. Leslie Jones is not happy about it, and she tweeted, and I quote, so insulting, like, f*** us, we didn't count. It's like something Trump would do. Then she has a little... In, uh, in parentheses, Trump's voice, gonna redo Ghostbusters. Better with men. Will be huge. Those women aren't Ghostbusters. She go on, goes on to say, ugh, so annoying. Such a dick move, and I don't give a f- I'm saying something. This was reported on by Slash Film. I actually didn't see her tweet, and uh, I'm gonna give my thoughts. I, I both understand and disagree with her. Because as you know, I am notorious around these somewhat nerdy parts that I did like the Ghostbusters reboot. I'm one of the few people I know that like that film. But even though I liked it, what I understood about that is that it was separate. It took place in the same world. We know so because of certain comments made by people in the movie and by that stinger at the end when they talk about Zool. So while through small implications in the movie, it does imply that it would takes place in the same universe or in the same world, it also distanced itself from the original. That they didn't talk about Ghostbusters, or they didn't widely talk about Ghostbusters existing before, though the mayor, or is it the mayor's aide, made a comment about it happening before. But just a really quick comment that was easy to miss. So besides that, they don't hint that it's connected to the other Ghostbusters much at all. So this one, being taken over by Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's son, is going to follow the other two. So that's why, I, and I'm understanding that... They, they are not even going to acknowledge, so far at least, I don't know if they're going to acknowledge him in the actual movie, but so far, they're not acknowledging the other one. Both Jason Reitman and Ivan Reitman had said that they liked the cast. They, uh, they had other problems with the movies, but they liked the women. They would like to work with them, but for now, they have different plans. I would really like to see that. I would really like this movie to come out to establish a new set of Ghostbusters. Maybe Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, or Ernie Hudson, maybe they're somehow mentoring them, but it is a new group. And then this group and the female group meet up somehow and then the worlds collide and they get one sequel when they're all together because if you remember Ivan Reitman in an interview said that he would like that he would like to show all these different group of Ghostbusters who aren't necessarily connected only through their love of fighting ghosts then they find each other and it goes on from there so while I do understand how how I understand why Leslie Jones is angry because the movie was not well received. They got a lot of hate and I, I understand why my somewhat nerdy cohorts, what my friends at somewhat nerdy, I understand why they didn't like it. I get it. And their reasons are good reasons. Other people, however, some of the louder people on Twitter had bad reasons for not liking it because it was a female cast. And so they're just being asshole basically. 
So it's because of loud people like that, that there's a stigma around the movie that because it was women, that's why it was hated. And it's not really true. If you ask any non-asshole nerd about it, i.e. anyone from someone nerdy, except me, they will give good reasons why they didn't like it. But unfortunately, people like Snarf Chris, Critter, Danger, people like them weren't the ones blowing up Twitter with the hate for it. So being one of the actresses, Leslie Jones got the brunt of this. And so now she sees not only were they attacked for this movie they're trying to do, but now another one's being made that seemingly says, F*** you, move aside. So that's what she's focusing on instead of the fact that both Jason and Ivan Reitman said, yeah, we like them and would be interested in working with them, just not now. So that's that news. According to Variety, Megan Mullaney is the host we need. She is hosting the SAG Awards and in an interview with Variety, she says that she will not be talking about politics because she says, quote, I don't think it's that kind of night. I'm political, but my stock in trade is not politics. And thank God. While I myself am political, I I don't try to show it on the show, though I bet any of you can know where I stand on current issues if you just listen to the way I phrase things, though I I don't make the show about it because my show is about movies. Just like these awards shows are about the movies, the actors, the people behind them that make it, it's not about politics. So that's why I'm I'm really proud of her and I'm really glad that she says, no, I'm not going to do that because this show isn't about it. So let's hope that more people like her are hired just because not only only are political jokes not part of movies it's also low-hanging fruit it's the easy joke it's why when i used to take a, a lot of improv classes we frowned upon sex jokes because it's easy it's an easy laugh this next story comes to us from the playlist it's approaching the five-year anniversary of the first time anyone reported on channing tatum being attached to the gambit movie so it's been five years since this movie was announced. We now know that it was pulled from any sort of schedule. I, I don't even know if it was even in some sort of pre-production just because of the Disney Fox merger. So now it's going to be even longer until we see something, but Channing Tatum still has not given up hope. And now he has even voiced that he would like to direct the movie. If you hate Channing Tatum, this is really bad news for you. If you're like me and like Channing Tatum, this is questionable news. And I say questionable because... Okay, Channing Tatum, I do believe, is better than a lot of people give him credit for. I just think that he hasn't had a chance to develop much because he gets a lot of the same characters. Seeing him in that Coen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar, was great because it was a hint that he could do more. I'm just not sure if he should direct a movie that is going to take him out of his safe zone. But of course, there's officially now no Gambit movie until the merger happens and Disney sees what they want to do. In news from The Wrap, Edgar Wright says that a script does exist in, in a first draft stage for Baby Driver 2. That's it, really. There, there's no news of any pre-production starting. It's just that he is interested in doing a new one, so hopefully there will be one. In other news, this from The Wrap, the list of Razzie nominees has been released. And, and you know what? This is really the first year where I'm actually unhappy with their list. Okay, so it's no secret that I hate the Fifty Shades series. It's awful, and I did honestly give it a try. You can find my review on Somewhat Nerdy. I did watch the movie giving it on a shot, and everything about it was horrible. Historically, every year a Fifty Shades movie came out, it usually racked up all of the nominations. But this year, for Worst Picture, we have Gaudy, the Happy Time Murders, Holmes and Watson, Robin Hood, and Winchester. So these people are telling me that they would rather watch 
Fifty Shades Freed than Winchester. Okay, Winchester wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. And where they really lost me was in their worst supporting actor and actress or hold on, where is it? Oh yeah, worst actor and worst supporting actress. So worst actor, Donald J. Trump as himself in Death of a Nation and Fahrenheit 11.9. And worst supporting actress, Kellyanne Conway in Fahrenheit 11.9 and Melania Trump in Fahrenheit 11.9. So we all know that the Razzies were never serious. This is obvious. It's always been tongue in cheek. It's always been a joke. Hell, Sandra Bullock famously accepted her worst actress nomination. And that was the same year she won the Oscar for best actress, which she also accepted in person. But the Razzies have always been just kind of funny. But now putting in these people from a documentary as an actor and supporting actresses just really takes the fun and the tongue in cheek out of it and shows, no, we have a huge political agenda. Here it is. You shouldn't have taken us seriously before, but now we're just a joke, like a flat out joke. If you're interested at all, the full list of nominees are out. In news from Entertainment Weekly, Nicholas Holt, Beast from the new X-Men series, or newer set of X-Men movies, is set to play J.R.R. Tolkien in a biopic that's getting a May next year release date. I like Nicholas Holt and maybe through his acting I can understand why The Two Towers was the most boring book I have ever read. From our good friends at comicbookmovie.com we now know a little bit more about Matt Reeves' The Batman. What do we now know? I will tell you. We now know that there are no plans for Ben Affleck to return as Batman. This does not mean he's being fired. Not at all. It just means that for this movie, they are working with a younger Batman and thus will be looking for a different actor. As for a release date, they're hoping for a 2021 release date, but there's a chance it could be pushed back to 2022, which I highly think it will be just because this movie has been in limbo for a while. As for rumored villains, it's believed that the Penguin may be one of the villains because supposedly he was set to be the original bad guy in the Birds of Prey movie, but was replaced with Black Mask, being played by Ewan McGregor, because that Reeves had something planned for him. Of course, that doesn't mean that the Penguin will be the only villain, so time will tell if more are added to the list. I've been joined by a cat. Hey buddy, you wanna, you wanna get off the table? Thank you. That was, that was very rude of you. Okay, moving on. In news from The Mary Sue, Marvel is working on a lot of reshoots about Endgame, or Avengers Endgame, and apparently if you care enough, you can find a lot of information out there about them. I'm not going to tell you this information just because some people would care about spoilers. The only sort of spoiler I wouldn't care about is that people are going to come back from the dead, because that's not a spoiler, that's just obvious. But anything else I'm not going to talk about on the show, so if you want, just search for it. But what's making people wonder is that Marvel isn't keeping a tight lip about these about these reshoots. Actors are posting pictures on their Instagram from them and information's just flying out. Well, maybe not flying out, but just comparatively to normal, that we don't have to rely on Mark Ruffalo or Tom Holland for these, these spoilers. So the question some people are thinking is why? Why are they being so loose-lipped about this? Is it a ploy? Because if you remember back around Avengers Infinity War, they did a bunch of reshoots, and the point of the reshoots was to throw people off the scent of how the movie was going to end. Is this a similar ploy where they're doing reshoots that they really won't use that will just be fun things in the extras? Or will these be used in the film? Only time will tell. Well, that is it for the news. Uh, we don't have many movies to talk about, so I'm going to do the first break right here before we get into the trailer trove. So please listen to a word from our friends at 
Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good Good journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. We are back with the trailer trove. So let's hear that wonderful intro music. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about John Wick 3 and oh my God, how bad I want this movie in my life right now. So what do we know? What what does this trailer show us? This trailer shows us that Halle Berry will be working with John Wick. Oh, you know what? Something I forgot to mention in the news. There's something else about the Razzies I didn't agree with. That for worst actress, they have Jennifer Garner from Peppermint. Are you kidding me? That movie was great. Are the people behind the Razzies the same asshole who are behind... Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic? It must be the same group of ass, right? Really. But anyway, we now know that Halle Berry will be working with John Wick. We know that she has a group of attack dogs and that they're going to be badass. And we can imply a few things too. We can imply that Ian McShane's character, Winston, who runs a Continental, was torn about making John Wick excommunicado. Why do I think that? Just because of the way he was talking. And the way he talked to, how do you say Lance Reddick's character? Karen? Well, however you say it, just the way they were talking about John Wick and his chances. I really get the feeling that he didn't want to do it, so he's kind of hoping John comes out on top, which makes me think that if if John goes for the high table and tries to kill everyone and then he becomes like the guy will he spare them because he'd be like hey i understand why you did it you're just following the rules i now have however am changing those rules so we'll see where that goes but this movie looks awesome and i cannot wait uh, we also have a trailer for a movie that I just let Dan from the Watch Your Mouth podcast know about that I hope he talks about on an upcoming episode. A movie called The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then The Bigfoot. That is a whole title right there. The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then The Bigfoot. It looks pretty entertaining. It stars Sam Elliott as this old soldier who gets hired by the government to hunt down Bigfoot because Bigfoot is spreading a disease that could wipe out humanity. And why did they choose this guy? Because maybe he's one of the best soldiers of all time and maybe he snuck in and killed Hitler without anyone ever noticing. But it's not over the top. This is not like a machete type movie. It, it has hints of that like as an over the top badass nature, but it also seems like it's trying to spin a narrative, trying to spin a story and that's where the benefit of this indie movie genre you know it let's because let's face it indie movies can be a genre on their own where the indie movie side of it comes into place because it's not just some over-the-top action flick so we do get our over-the-top action stuff but we also get this character who has depth and is trying to do something so that film comes out limited release february 8th and it comes out to 
own, I believe, on April 9th. We also have a very, very short trailer, so a teaser trailer for Pet Cemetery. It's only 16 seconds long, but I think it does a really good job because we, we already have a full trailer that came out three months ago. Now we got the 16 second teaser and I, I'm still excited. I still want to see this. It was still kind of more of the same scenes. We see a couple new scenes of scary shit going on, but it was, again, mainly same scenes just cut together differently. So you don't have to see it unless you're super, super stoked for the movie. Then check it out. This movie comes out in April. We have a couple more really good movies with um, or really good looking movies that is coming out. The next one is for a movie starring Gugu Mbantha-Ra and David Strathairn called Fast Color. And this is kind of a new take on a superhero thing because it's it's not really superhero. And I'm kind of upset that I said that word. Just I, I said it because they uh, talked about an IndieWire article I read. But it, it's per people's powers and not everyone with powers is a hero. We know this. So let me just restate that this is a movie about a people with powers and this woman who ran away from her family when she discovered she had these powers and can't run anymore because people are starting to track her down so she goes back home finds out that there was a daughter like her daughter that was there the whole time and that her daughter has powers too and like really dangerous powers that can somehow affect the energies of the earth so this woman has to do more than protect herself she has to protect her daughter and it looks good it really does i'm excited for it that comes out on let us see March 29th, so that's coming up in a couple months. All right, two movies left, folks. Let's talk about one called Red Joan that is coming out later this year, of course. Let's see if I can find a date. Uh, no date yet. It's hitting April, hitting the UK in April 19th, so we'll see. Usually they have a kind of close release date to us. Of course, they get British movies quicker than we do. We get American movies quicker than we do until the times happen that we don't because sometimes we get them at the same time. I don't know if there's a rule to this. I really don't. It, it has to be up to the to the production companies. But this is the story of Joan Stanley, who was exposed as the KGB's longest serving British spy. One other name you may recognize, that's Sophie Cookson. Sophie Cookson, of course, from Kingsman series. She plays young Joan. And of course, we have Judy Dench's old Joan. Yeah, but basically, one day, the British authorities show up at her door. She's minding her own business. And they say, hey, uh, you're being accused of being a spy. Come with us. And then they, this movie dives into her history where she did work for the Russian government at one point. And now what we have to find out following her story is that was she actually a spy or was she trying to help the British government the whole time? And the final trailer we have is for a film called The Hummingbird Project. This comes out March 15th, and this stars Jesse Eisenberg and almost unrecognizable Alexander Skarsgård and Selma Hayek. So what this trailer shows us is, well, of course, what the movie's about. So maybe let me go over that first. We have uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Alexander Skarsgård who are trying to get a pipeline to run fiber optic cables from the New York Stock Exchange to wherever they are, whatever their location is, to try and get stock numbers a second quicker than anyone else. And somehow they're going to make money off of it. I really don't understand stocks and stuff like that. So I don't understand how a second more of information getting everything a second earlier can affect it but apparently they hope to make millions and millions and billions of dollars so they're trying to do this all the while this woman named eva torres who is like some big shot in the industry uh finds out about it and then she simultaneously tries to do her own and then also tries to take them down so it's this 
we have this familiar character from Eisenberg, because we all know he plays this neurotic, cold, and yet very intelligent guy, fast speaking. At, at first, I thought this was going to be a, um, oh, what's that asshole name? Um, Aaron Sorkin. I thought this was going to be a, a Aaron Sorkin movie, but it's not. It's written and directed by some guy named Kin Yuen. But we know what to expect from Eisenberg in this case. Uh, the new thing for me, at least, is seeing Alexander Skarsgård in this kind of role. And it looks like he does a great job because I was loving it and I can't wait to see it. If you want to see a fictional, so there, this has no basis in reality as far as I know of. So if you want to see a fictional movie, kind of reminiscent of movies like the social network and the big short then check this out this looks pretty entertaining comes out march 15th 2019 so with that that is the last of the trailers let us take our next break before we jump into the movies and then i can tell you what you should see this week so stay tuned after this word from our friends at nerds of the squared circle stay tuned nerds of the squared circle and someone nerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Square Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. And we're back. And I even realize this is probably going to be a Thursday episode. So sorry about that. But hey, at least it's not another Friday episode. Unless it is. In which case, I'm sorry. Well, it's time to get into the movies. Let us start with the limited releases like we normally do. There's only two this week. And why didn't I just combine all of them? Well, I'm a lazy ass. That's why. Let's talk about In Like Flynn is the first movie. And no, this is not the old spy movie In Like Flint. That is actually, if you remember, it is Austin Powers' favorite movie. That's a movie from the 60s. Like, was it 63? 60, 67? With, okay, I actually don't know this, James Coburn as Derek Flint, who's a super spy who has to take on a cabal of women plotting to rule the world. No, that's not that movie. This is a movie called In Like Flynn, and it's about Errol Flynn's early life in Australia when he was an adventurer. But he was oh so much more than an adventurer. He was also an opium smuggler, a gambler, a street fighter, and a gold prospector, as well as a notorious womanizer. Oh, back in the day. Am I am I right? Back in the day. But honestly, isn't a time for things like this gone completely? Like you can't have that kind of repertoire. You can't have that kind of um what's a better word, resume anymore, and not be some sort of criminal. True, a bunch of those things, you were still a criminal back then, but now it's even a, a bigger deal. Now we know about if Errol Flynn was still alive, they go, oh, Flynn, you, you, rap scallion, you. But if someone now did that and years later they found out, they're like, oh, what can we still get you for? What are the statute of limitations on these things? Interesting fact, it would have been my grandpa's 103rd birthday today. He was born in 19, uh, 1916, and he, yeah, at 103, and... He was in the Japanese internment camps, and afterwards, he came to the Watsonville area, which is where I live, and 
just started a business and you can't do that now. That That's another way things are different. You can't just up and move and start a business somewhere. You'll, you'll be homeless. But anyway, let's, uh, let's not reminisce about the old days that most of us weren't even alive for anyway, but let's talk about in like Flynn once again about Errol Flynn's early life. And this stars a gentleman named Thomas Cockerell from Table 19, David Winham from Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Dan Fogler from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and William Mosley from The Chronicles of Narnia. I wish this film looked good. I wish that it would have made it past the cut, but unfortunately it did it. But still, if you're interested in Errol Flynn, check this out. The next movie up in the limited section is called The Final Wish. No, it's not the first wish. It's the final wish. After the death of his father, A.A. Ron returns home to help his grief-stricken mother to end to confront his past. Going through his dad's belongings, he finds porno mags. No, he doesn't. He comes across a mysterious item, <laughs> that's even worse, that is more than it seems. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm an adult. All right. This stars Michael Welch from Z Nation, not Michael Felch, <laughs> Michael Welch. It also stars Lynn Shay from the Insidious series, Spencer Locke from Insidious The Last Key, and Tony Todd from Candyman. And you would think this is up my alley. I love Lynn Shea because I love Insidious, the, the whole series. I loved it. Even The Last Key, which was not a good movie. And I can I can sit here and say that it's not a good movie. But I sat there going, I love this universe. Yes, please. I will take more. But I couldn't. I, I couldn't get into this. This looks so much like a straight to video on demand, ignorable movie that just happened to get a couple well-known people in the world of horror. And I hope I'm wrong. After it comes out, I'll talk to Roz about it. Go, hey, what'd you think? Well, that is it for the limited section and hopefully all the sex jokes, I think. Yeah, no, 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 nope, nothing else. All right. Well, let us jump right into the wide releases and interesting indies with a movie called The Invisibles. During 1943, Berlin was declared to be free of Jews, but about 1,700 managed to survive in the Nazi capital through the end of World War II. This film traces the stories of four young people who learned to hide in plain sight and even features interviews with some of them. This stars Max Mauth from Sense8 and Florian Lucas from the Grand Budapest Hotel. And I'll tell you what sold me on this movie. I, I, I'll tell you what made it jump the line from limited to wide release in interesting indies. It is the fact that it does have interviews with the real people. Because if you just take the movie part of this, if you just take the acting and the story, it, I mean, it's not bad. It, it just re really didn't do enough to wow me. It looked like something I may watch one day. But the fact that it had actual interviews with the people who were hiding from the Nazis, that was pretty cool. And I like this idea of having an interview with them and then showing us, us the movie. And it would be cool if they had the interviews kind of in the middle. Of course, would that break up the flow of the movie too much? It, it might. It might. So maybe the interviews first. Kind, kind of like they what they did with Band of Brothers. If you remember Band of Brothers, great HBO miniseries about uh, Easy Company and following them from D-Day. But in the episode, every episode would start with interviews from the surviving members of Easy Company and then it would go in. And I liked how they did that. So maybe this movie could do the same. It's like, hey, let's interview some of these people, get their amazing stories and then go into the movie. And I would. Um, yeah, I, I'll definitely watch this. Uh, the acting doesn't look bad. Don't get me wrong. The fact that it almost made it in a limited section 
it doesn't mean the acting's bad. It just it's just okay. I mean, it's good acting, but it's not great. It just didn't wow me or do anything to stand out. So it's not bad. It's just that it didn't do enough to to stand out until I found out about the interview. So that looks interesting. And because of that, The Invisibles gets a 6.5 out of 11. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I went and grabbed some gum. I'm like, oh, I'll chew some gum while I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, good, good job, me. That won't make the audio quality terrible at all. And who is it again that has a terrible problem with that? Was it? Okay, it's not Chris. It's not. No, it's someone on Watch Your Mouth, I think. Um, I'll just guess Ken. Well, since Chris does all the, Sarf Chris does all the editing for the Somewhat Nerdy shows, uh, other shows, I bet you he hates that noise too. God, now all I really want is gum. I'm just staring at the juicy fruit. It's going, eat me. And I probably wouldn't have that deep of a voice, would it? Be like, eat me. Like, no, Gum, I am doing a show, and I am talking about the next movie, which is The Kid Who Would Be King. This is about Prince Charles and how he f***ed everything up. No, it's not. This is about a band of kids who embark on an epic quest to thwart a villain from medieval times, and one child is able to pull the mythical sword from the stone. This stars Louis Ashbourne Circus from Alice Through the Looking Glass and the actual son of Andy Circus. I did not know that. Rebecca Ferguson from Life, Sir Patrick Stewart from Dune, and Tom Taylor from The Dark Tower. And if you ever asked yourself, self, what would the modern day equivalent of a kid in King Arthur's court be? It is this movie. It is a kid who would be king. This is a family movie. This is a an adventure movie. They're not too much action. There is some, but not enough to like bring the rating up to PG-13. Just enough to keep it a kid-friendly film. We have kids as a stars. Like this, this group of children now becomes at like King Arthur's court. There's this kid named Lance. I wonder if he's supposed to be Lancelot. I don't know. Maybe there's a woman named Gwen. And in the future, things are going to get really weird between the three of them. We already know Merlin's in it. I believe that's uh, Patrick Stewart playing Merlin part of the time until he takes a younger form. Because let's be honest, if someone Patrick Stewart's age was just hanging around with these prepubescent kids, that would be a little weird. But the kid who would be king looks fun. Uh, should you and I see it, those of us without children? Um... Not maybe, um, uh, but I don't really think so. I think this is a better film for when you have a family, if you want to take them out to see something that is family friendly, but also won't be totally boring for you. I think that's exactly what this is. Though, if you do choose to see it, I think it'd be entertained. I, I think that the movie's not going to be really challenging. And I kind of like feel like a douche when I talk about challenging movies. But in this case, I mean that there's not much to it. That it's an easy kid flick. So it's not that there's anything bad about it. It's just that it will leave you wanting a little more. So if you have a family, I think this is a pick of the week. I think this should be the one you go and watch. If you do not have a family, then I think my actual pick of the week should be your pick of the week. Because if you think about it, every week when I go over all of the movies, how many of them are an actual movie that you could take people of all ages to see? Not many. Even this one might be a little action-y for, for people too young, kind of, if you're like really particular about that. But for the most part, I think it's it would be for all ages. I do think there will be some adult jokes in there just because that's the world we live in now. We live in the world where we have these adult jokes that kids are pretending they don't get. And the adults are like, oh, I get that. They probably put that in there for me. No, f no, they didn't. Kids know more sh than than we did when we were kids. You can put as many safeguards on the internet as you want. You ain't saving your kids from sh I am sorry. 
but every week there's not something family friendly. So when there is, I, I kind of want to single it out going, not only is this family friendly, but it actually looks good. And that's what this is. So in that case, a kid who would be king gets a seven out of 11. We have two more movies left, folks. And the movie that didn't make it as pick of the week, but almost did was called or is called Serenity. No, not that Serenity. I'm very sorry. The mysterious past of a fishing boat captain comes back to haunt him when his ex-wife tracks him down with a desperate plea for help, ensnaring his life in a new reality that may not be all that it seems. This stars Matthew McConaughey from Dallas Buyers Club, Anne Hathaway from Ocean's 8, Diane Lane from Man of Steel, Jason Clark from Winchester, Jimin Honsu from Gladiator, and Jeremy Strong from The Judge. And you know, this movie looks interesting. It does. Uh, this seems like it's going to be some sort of mystery thriller where we have Matthew McConaughey who escaped this old life and he's been doing his own thing for years, living this perfect life where he just has his own little shanty that he lives in. He goes off on a boat, fishes, comes back, and he makes just enough to get by. And that's all he really wants to do. And one day his his ex-wife shows up. Oh, I remember talking about this in the trailer trove. So his ex-wife shows up, throws things for a loop, and it seems like everyone else in the town somehow knows more than he does, but they're being gigantic ass and not telling him. At least that's what the trailer tells me. I could be 100% wrong on that, but the, but the way that some of the townspeople talk to Matthew McConaughey in this trailer makes it sound like they are in on something that he is not part of. But now the question for this movie is, like, if you watch it, who is going to be in the wrong? Is Does Anne Hathaway really need help? Is Jason Clark this monster that's abusing her or something? Or is she making it look like he is just because she wants to get out? Maybe they have a prenup or something and she got the bad end of the deal and she's just trying to get him dead and so in a movie like this that we're so familiar with the question is does jason clark deserve to die will they kill him will they get away with it one way or the other so if you like these type of movies this should be an obvious choice maybe you want to ignore my pick of the week maybe you want to watch this instead in which case that's fine this this would have been the pick of the week if the next movie wasn't coming out but i just think the next movie looks better that being said, Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Diane Lane, Jason Clark, Jimin Honsu, Jeremy Strong, great cast. These are people who know what they're doing. And especially within the last few years, uh, Jason Clark has been showing us what he can do. And even in the movies he's in that weren't great, he's been good. Anne Hathaway is always good in her movies. Just like Jason Clark, whenever Anne Hathaway's in a movie that's not good, she is still good. And Matthew McConaughey is one of those actors that I kind of put in the same group, like Jake Gyllenhaal, who are really good. Well, that, that is not even a question. They are good. But sometimes the roles they pick, I just do not like. And so they still do a good job in it. They, they are still impressive. But the role, I'm just like, no, thank you. But maybe some of you, some of my, some of my longtime listeners, some of my future friends, Maybe this might be more up your alley, but I still think the next movie is going to be better. Serenity gets a 7 out of 11. And with that, my future fans, my future friends, my future family, let us talk about the pick of the week, and that is a film called Polar. 
The world's top assassin, Duncan Vizsla, is settling into retirement when his former employer marks him as a liability to the firm. Against his will, he finds himself back in the game, going head-to-head -head with an army of younger killers. This stars the badass Mads Mikkelsen from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical, Johnny Knoxville from Jackass, and Matt Lucas from Little Britain. That's right, you remember me talking about this movie, right, that I had a huge hard-on for. It is coming out, it is hitting Netflix, so you don't have to go anywhere, you don't have to pay anything besides your normal Netflix subscription to see this. This is basically John Wick, just put Mads Mikkelsen in it, and take away the killing of a dog, and you got, you got it. It looks amazing. When movies like John Wick and The Equalizer and Peppermint started becoming popular, Mads Mikkelsen should have been one of the first people in everyone's mind. I'm surprised he he didn't come to my mind when I asked that question, who do you want to see in a uh, John Wick-style movie um, from a, a couple weeks ago, or couple, you, you know, a while back. And just like last week when I was talking about Io and Close, the great thing is that it is on Netflix. So that should take out a lot of your hesitation just because you can put it on for a service you already pay for. And worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario, it is garbage. The trailers make it look much better than it is. And you're like, okay, no, boom, turn it off. Do something else. You you didn't waste 10, 10 to $15 on it. Even more if you buy snacks in the theater, you didn't waste the money, you didn't waste the time. You don't feel obliged to sit through a shitty movie just because of everything you put into it. You can just go, nope, boop, and that's it. Or if you really like it, you can watch it again and again and again for no extra cost. The good thing about Netflix films is that it really looks like they know what they're doing, and, and they have for a while. Never has a Netflix original movie, at least to my knowledge, so I may be wrong on this, and if I am, you know what, tell me, give me an example. But at least to my knowledge, never has a Netflix movie been straight to DVD quality, have that really shitty look to it, where it looks like they put some weird Instagram filter on it. Netflix movies always fall somewhere in between a Marvel-level blockbuster and a standard-ass movie. Maybe they're getting a little big for their britches, which is why they're upping their price, but then again, they're also giving us more. This is the second week in a row that we've had a good-looking movie come out. And last week, there were two. And everyone probably has at least one show on the service that they like, so I, I think that has a lot to do with their upping their price and that they're doing more of their own thing, so they need more money. But let's go back to Polar. It looks like it's going to be... When, when I say John Wick, I just don't mean the action part. I am talking about the fact that, kind of in a diehard sort of way, where even though we have our main character, who is a certifiable badass, kicking ass, he still is human and gets a sh** kicked out of him. And even though you're pretty sure he's going to survive because he's the main character, you're still never quite sure. So you are on the edge of your seat. How is this going to end? And even though I really doubt Polar is going to have a sad ending, it, ju it just isn't that kind of movie. Even though I doubt it's not going to have a really sad ending, he could still die, but save the day and like take out everyone who needs it along the way. So though it's not ideal, we like our heroes to live. It would at least be satisfying that everyone who need needed to be killed got killed. And th this is one reason why I did really want to focus on the fact that we had a family-friendly movie coming out. is because this is the opposite of family-friendly. Last year's Halloween reboot is more family-friendly than this. So that being said, I'm looking forward to this. And this is my pick of the week. And it is time for my score, Polar. 
gets a 9 out of 11. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And I'm going to be a cheap bastard and give this quite last week's question of the week one more week, just because I really like the question. And from some of my my friends who don't listen to the show, I asked them and I got some good answers. And Anne and I have been discussing this for a while and she thought of some really good ones. I, I want to see what you can think of. So I'm going to rephrase the question and put it out there for one more week. And the next week when I am back with the fir- my first ever co-host, we will reveal the answers. So once again, that question is what two movies would you like to see combined to get a single sequel? So they have two separate movies, like Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters, combined, and they both get one sequel. Just like how Glass was a sequel for both Unbreakable and Split. I hope that's not confusing. And if it is, let me know, and I will try to rephrase it again. And this week, I promise I will put a reminder out there of the question of the week through Twitter and Instagram, but have fun with this. Think of all the amazing possibilities you can have. So without further ado, let us get into that closing housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars. And then leave a comment. Tell me what you think. And then also tell me what you think by leaving a comment on Facebook or SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, good friends of the show. And don't forget, please don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, Please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future. <laughs>